1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10 in the NIV. And I'm also going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 and 11 through 12 in the NIV. Um, my, my media team, I'm not going to use that graphic. I'm not going to use that graphic. I apologize. Um, God, I have changed the title of this sermon. And so don't worry about that graphic. Amen. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. And Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 and 11 through 14. First Corinthians 12 through 7 and 10 read, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 8, 11 through 14. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to, the re to rest each on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these men speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Both Jews and converts in Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, and all of, who, of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Lord, please bring a word for your people. Bring me into right standing with you. Increase your presence and decrease mine so that I may be able to speak what thus says you, Lord, to my people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As you take your seat, I began to struggle with this title. I had a title, the Let the Holy Spirit Help You. And then I saw uh, in the text, he said, let me explain this to you. So apparently they didn't understand. And, and then the, the, the hood side of me said, I know what the title going to be. If you don't know, now you know. If... If you don't know, now you know. And you're going to know after the sermon. So I guess I should have gave you the title at the end. But anyway, we, when, we, when we, we can communicate in many ways, email, and we're still in our sermons, uh, series in prayer, so that's what we're talking about. We can communicate in many ways, email, text, 
text message, telephone, cell phone, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, chat, Instagram, Clubhouse, all these different ways. We have so many different ways to communicate that there is no excuse why we shouldn't be able to deliver a message. If, if we have that many ways to communicate, how many ways does God have? God can deliver a message any way he wants, right? He spoke to Noah through a rainbow. Jesus was baptized and he sent a message through a dove. When he was born in a manger, there was a star in the east that led the wise men uh, uh, to where he was. Uh, Elijah let us know through a still, small voice. Sometimes God will use the voice of a prophet and an oracle, a teacher. Sometimes he will use even life situations, maybe even an accident. In fact, he even used a donkey to rebuke a prophet. Emails go out almost every millisecond. We check our phone in the car, answer our phone in the shower. We are addicts of communication. If you want to upset somebody, if you want to get on their nerves, if you want them to unfriend you on Facebook, don't answer their text right away. People seem as though they're the only person texting you and act like you can get right back to them in that same moment. Don't don't, don't, don't hesitate and see. And I wonder, but I wonder how quickly these same people, including myself and others, how quickly do we answer God when he communicates to us? I'm, I'm just asking. A, st a study showed that 50% of text messages are misunderstood because you are reading the message without the benefit of the body language. It is up to you to interpret the email or the, or the text from the template of the temperament that you are in at the moment. I'm not talking about the person sending them. I'm talking about you have to be in the right temperament because if you already mad, they send something that's... What's she... What? You, you know how it is. Body language is a, lar a large part of how we receive a message of who we dial out. Come on, somebody. You got the mask on. It's hard for you to hear sometimes, ain't it? Because you really be reading their lips and their face. What you say? What, what you say again? And then even though you vaccinated or not vaccinated, you'd be like, man, look. <laughs> this will help us to understand the difficulty of understanding the word of God when speaking in tongues. As we have been in our series concerning prayer, we learned that God has given us access to him through prayer. We are now about to get into the, into the ability we have been given to speak God's heavenly language or the gift of speaking in tongues. He gives us the language, this language, because he wants to give us another avenue to communicate with him. Sometimes people that do not understand this gift get offended when, when they hear those of us that have the gift to speak about it or function in it. What we have to understand about speaking in tongues is that it comes from the mind of the spirit and not the mind of men, right? So it's not up to you to totally understand what's going on because it's not for you to understand. It was amazing how somebody was telling me how they didn't understand something somebody was saying and they didn't really feel what he was saying and what she was saying. And I said, because they're not talking to you. Okay, y'all don't understand. Sometimes you don't understand what's being communicated because the message is not for you. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. That's why, again, we have to learn how to pray in the spirit because when we talk directly to God, the devil can't understand what we're saying because the message is not for him. He can understand the language of men, but he cannot understand the language of the spirit. 
I'm slow walking. I'm slow walking the Baptist vote. You see, you see how I'm doing? You see how I'm doing? I don't want to see I'm slow walking it. <laughs> First Corinthians 12:10 lists the gifts of the Spirit. There are many gifts of the Spirit, but the interpretation of tongues is a unique within itself. See, it's the only gift that's mentioned that depends on another gift to function. See, every other gift can operate in isolation except the gifts of interpreting tongues. Why do you say this, Maxwell? I say this because some of us are gifted not to need anybody else, but there is another group of us that are in the room that understands that in order for my gift to work to its full capacity, I need another gifted person to be connected to me. I know some of us think we don't need anybody, but you are going to have to get to the place where you understand that you won't be able to get your greatest potential to your greatest potential until you get connected to somebody who understands who you are. If you are anointed by God, you operate on a level of sanctified insanity. When God has his hand on you, there are places in your thinking that won't make sense to regular people. Uh, see, see, you got to stop getting worried about when people don't like or don't understand the way you think. It's because you've been wonderfully and fearfully made. And God makes your thought patterns different than the thought patterns of others. In order to keep yourself from becoming disillusioned and walking away from your gift, you've got to get connected to another gifted person that can tell you that you're not crazy. If you're not really crazy. And, and what you are doing is relevant for the move of God today. Many of you are sitting on dormant gifts because you keep hanging around and talking to non-gifted people. But if you can find somebody that is as gifted as you, you are, that you are, you will walk in divine power. Now, they don't have to have the same gifts as you. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you realize that some of the top athletes talk to the top actors and some of the top actors talk to the top political people and some of the top political people talk to the top folk in other places because they understand that everybody don't understand them. And even though I may not understand your line of work, I understand that you have the ability to see something in a way that other people can't see it. And unless you're touched by the Holy Spirit, you will never get to this way of thinking. Because God's ways are not your ways and God's thoughts are not your thoughts. And when you begin to open up your spirit and allow him to download information into you, you'll begin to walk on a level that puts you in some situations by yourself. Oh, it's funny. Listen now, there are gifts that 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 doesn't need to be the same. That gift doesn't need to be the same as yours, right? You, you, you don't need anyone to complete your gift. You need someone to complement your gift. Uh, oh, so, so if you don't add to my gift, I'm going to need you to get some space between you and my gift so you won't contaminate the gift that God has put in me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about when they don't understand you. Because it takes a gifted person to understand it. It understand that, that it's some nice I can't talk to you. 
It's not that I'm not, it's not that I'm mad at you. I just need to get in the face of God because he's downloading some things in me that I don't have time to converse with you about. It takes a gifted person to understand that some days I'm tired because God has downloaded so much information in me. I don't have the time to answer your text. I'm trying to help myself right quick. Stop being connected with people that get offended when you got to go to your prayer closet. They get offended when you need to spend time with God. Interpreting uh, is the only gift that depends on another gift to bring that gift to pass. See, look at the person beside you and say, I hope you can bring out my gift. <laughs> and because of you, can't, I can't hang around you no more. Now, if, if that's your wife, don't say it. Trusty Shaw, don't, don't do it. Stop, stop. Just save your life right here. I don't care what pastor told you. <laughs> I'm tired of people that come to take my gift. I'm not going another day. That's what you need to start saying to yourself. Another day hanging around people that want to sabotage my success. Have you been around somebody who's more happy when you messed up than when you succeed? Have you ever had a situation where you had a great breakthrough and you said, oh, no, oh, no, I can't call her. She not, oh, mm, I can't call him because you know certain people aren't happy for your breakthrough. And I need you to know right now you need to begin to find your true friends and find out who's connected to you in the right way because God is about to blow your mind closing out 2021 because we're in the 21 days of prayer. We are in connection with God. We're in agreement with one another. One can set a thousand of like two can set ten thousand and if you got fifteen hundred people on the same page I fear for the devil God is about to take you to another level and you got to learn how to connect with some folk that really want to help you elevate oh I'm trying to be calm See, I need somebody around me that know how to stand in the gap and intercede for me when I mess up. I need somebody to stop judging me when every time somebody get on my nerves, I don't say hallelujah. I need to get around some people that can help uplift me and tell me, although I made a mistake and bumped my head, you can get back up and keep doing it again because nobody has been perfect but Jesus. We all fall short of the glory of God. Can you find somebody that convicts you but not condemns you. I don't know where I'm at right now because it's just taking its own little life. <laughs> you need somebody around you that has a level of thinking that is so high and they will protect your gift and tell you don't dare lose your gift over something that silly and stupid. Oh, oh. when you are gifted with the gift of tongues, I'm back to the subject, you know, I was doing my little two-step, but I'm back. You got to come back to the center. You feel me? I'm taking a little dance. Let's go one, two, three. <laughs> when you are gifted with the gift of tongues, the first evidence is that it separates you. When you have the gift of tongues, you don't. You you got to get used to being by yourself. You must realize some people are going to get away from you because they are not going to be able to understand what's going in with on you. 
or in you or coming out of you. Uh, you understand? Know God will separate you for a season so you can operate in your gift without people looking at you crazy. See, sometimes God separates you so he can get you comfortable with where you are yourself because sometimes you're uncomfortable with where you're going. So if somebody else is uncomfortable, they'll keep you from going into your gift. And it says, and when Jacob was alone, you, you understand? And then he wrestled with God. And when Paul was alone, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And when Abraham was alone, God walked in the blood and gave him a covenant. And when Moses was alone, he was talking to the burning bush. Every now and then you got to get by yourself and God to separate you so he can take you to another level. You got to step away. How, how do they give God? See, you, you, you got to step away to see how connected they are to God when you're not around them. Because you do know some people only pray when you're there. Oh, yeah, 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 I lost it. So how do I give God the glory when you are not in their faith? How do they do it? When you are separated, God will connect you to people that have a common denominator with you. See, sanctification doesn't just mean separated from. It has a dual meaning. It also means separated unto. So sanctification means to separate yourself, but to also separate yourself unto, which means you disconnecting from some people and things that you're not supposed to be around, but then God is separating you back into somebody and some things and places that you should be connected to. See, where there's a, 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 a reaction, there's an equal, and when there's an action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so in order to balance out the energies, whenever you separate from something, you got to separate to something else. That's why if you give up drinking and getting drunk, you got to find something to replace that habit or you, or you will fall back into something else that's not good. Uh, anyway, I don't want to get into that right now. I'm, I'm going to talk to you. So, so it means to be separated on two. Look at look in verse 5 of Acts 2. There is a representative from every nation in the room. This is the day of Pentecost. People began to speak in the tongues of other nations so that each other understood. These people had nothing in common, but they were able to understand what each of them were saying. So y'all need to stop. See, some of us get caught up on color. And you think because you're black, you can only relate to black people. If you're white, you can only relate to white people. It doesn't matter what somebody looks like on the outside. It's what they have on the inside. All of these people were from different nations and ethnic backgrounds and different economic situations and, and different upbringings. But at the end of the day, they all were on one accord because the spirit had connected them. You better start looking at the spirit of people and stop looking at their color. You better start looking at the spirit of people and stop looking at their gender. You better start looking at the, the spirit of people and stop looking at their economic background. You start, stop looking at the, 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 you gotta start looking at the spirit of people and stop looking at their clothes. You got to start looking at the spirit of people and stop looking at their car and their house and their political connection. You need to learn how to get connected to people in the spirit and not the natural. Oh, sometimes I hate when I grab this mic because I'm a little quiet at 8 o'clock when I got the headset. I'm more. Uh, I don't need to be T.D. Jakes at 8. I need to be Joe Osteen so I can. I had to keep trade the clothes. <laughs> People began to speak in tongues of other nations so that each understood 
They had nothing in common. When you really get ready to serve God, you, you, you've got to recognize that God will begin to connect you with people that are not from your background, but speak your same language. Not, not your English language, not your Hispanic language, not, not your Swahili language, but you, you, that have the same methodologies, that have the same purposes, that, that have the same goals, that, that, that want to do what God wants to be done, that wants God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you begin to learn how to connect with God's spirit, and then God will connect you to the right people. The problem with us a lot of times that we continue to hang with our familiar friends that's holding us back. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'll go back to it for you. We, we, we got to separate ourselves from some folk that's holding us back. And we are not, see, and then we don't open up ourselves to powerful people because, see, powerful people understand that you're the sum total of who you hang around. Or, or, or you the average. If you hang around five mediocre people, you can't help but be mediocre. <laughs> you understand? You, you, if you can t- I can tell you where you're going if you list me your five top friends and I begin to find out what they're doing. I can tell you where you are and where you're going. Because when you really start doing something for God, God will take you away out of your familiar territory. Remember what he told Abram when, before he became Abraham? He said, look here, I need you to go away from your family and I'm going to show you a land that you don't, that I'm not, I'm, I'm I'm going to show you somewhere to go. Abraham said, where I'm going? God said, don't worry. I'll show it to you. Leave and leave your family. And what the Bible say? And Lot went with him. Didn't God just tell you in the previous verse to go by yourself? And Lot went with him. And he almost lost all of his stuff trying to save Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah because of the path he took. You got to learn how to separate yourself when God tells you. How many things have you lost hanging with Ray Ray? How many things have you lost hanging with Mary? You know good and well God told you not to go with her to the club. Something told me not to go to the Holy Spirit. You already know she got Vaseline in her purse because she ready to fight before she get there. See, God is attempting connect to, to, to connect us to, to people that's going to take us where we're supposed to go, but we keep trying to hold on to folk that doesn't mean us any good. Misplaced loyalties. Trying to make sure you don't upset anybody. Uh, I, I almost don't want to say this, but I know why God took me out of Atlanta to pastor because I need to get away from some of my people. I ain't call your names, so don't text me. <laughs> See, you, you got to allow God to connect you so, to the people that's going to help you get where you're going. See, they were bewildered. They said, how in the world can someone from Africa understand somebody from America? That's with the people. See, the people around that's not walking in the gift are confused. And the first thing they do is say, what in the world is going on? How in the world Brooks can understand what somebody way over here in Africa is saying? How can somebody in Africa understand what somebody from Asia Minor is saying? How in the world is this going on? And because they don't understand, they talk about you. Can I tell you something? Nobody talks about anybody less gifted than them. 
nobody talk the people that talk about you I can guarantee you they are less productive than you are no pro- nobody who is operating more and uh, operating in more gifts than you gonna talk about you because they ain't thinking about you See, you all get upset and discouraged because you keep listening to the crowd. But can I tell you this? Unless the crowd understand that you have more abilities and power than them, the crowd will never say anything bad about you. How in the world am I drunk? And you can understand what I'm saying in Spanish and I'm speaking it well. Sometimes you can't understand me when I talk fast in English. Let's look at out of all the things going on in the room, the people asked, what does this mean in verse 12? Peter rose up in verse 17 and told them what it means. He said that what they just said is that you will prophesy. Peter said, get ready. You are about to prophesy. Young people, you are about to have vision. Those that are in that are seasoned, get ready. You are about to have a dream. I need some young folk and some matured folk that are hungry for God, that will hear God and allow him to use your gifts to take this ministry to a level that has never been been seen before. God will give you new dreams, new revelation. If you open yourself up to him, he'll let you know. Peter said, based off of what you just heard, your sons and your daughters are about to be anointed. They are about to prophesy. Every parent in this room should be rejoicing. Based on this text right here, God is saying every child that is covered by a Christ-centered home will be anointed and saved. I know they're going astray, but if you keep leading them and you keep praying for them and you keep pleading the blood over them, I know they went to jail last week. I know they keep getting in trouble. I know they keep they in trouble with the law. But if you keep pleading the blood of Jesus over them and praying for them, they will be saved. They might not get saved when you want them to be saved, but in God's divine Kairos timing, he will. Oh, I'm trying to talk to somebody. The sound you just heard has opened up the gate of the prophetic. That's what Peter is saying. People that were underestimated, people that don't have a title or reserved parking spot will walk in the anointing and tell the devil, you better get back because I'm here to take back God's territory. Stop worrying about a title. Stop worrying about if pastor calls your name. You are anointed and appointed wherever you are, no matter what your position is or is not. Stop getting caught up in titles and get caught up in your purpose. See, I have to rejoice about what the text says in verse 21. This tells me that everyone in the room got saved. Every nation was represented in the room, every nation, which means everyone in your house, if you take authority, will be saved. I know some of us only shout for the tangibles like cars and houses and dresses and suits, but I know a few folk in here that would shout at the fact that God is going to save everybody in your family. But, 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 but. But, but in seminary, Reverend Walden, uh, uh, Dr. Carolyn Knight taught me that I had to deal with the tension in the text. And so since I have some theologians in the house because I got the good deacons with their suits on that then came out the rain. See, y'all done pulled together. They, they done made a coup. They put on their suits to make sure the other deacons that dress down got to be outside. It don't look like they told Brother Chair either. They just did what they wanted to do. But anyway, 
I, I had to deal with the tension in the text, so I had to deal with the tension in the room, too. I had to handle the natural. Now I got to go to the spiritual. The tension is that in Acts chapter 2, certain people believe that this is a sign that you have the gift of praying in tongues. I didn't taught it to. So I'm, I should go sit down and talk about it. But a particular denomination believes that the day of Pentecost, which is where the reformation of the Pentecostals proclaim as their birth. I still love y'all. Call me the preacher. I'll come. However, if you read the text, the act of tongues in Acts chapter 2 is not the same gifting as the tongues in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. See, the tongues they were speaking in Acts chapter 2 were the tongues of men. The tongues they are, were speaking in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are the tongues of the Holy Spirit. See, while they are in the upper room, they were speaking Hebrew, Aramaic, Swahili, and Greek. Therefore, when Peter stands up, he was not standing up as an interpreter. He was standing up as a translator. Therefore, he's not interpreting the tongues of the Spirit. He's translating mainly tongues. He's manly tongues. Peter explained to them that in a few days, your children are going to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit and operate in certain gifts they receive. He explained that this miracle of them understanding everyone in their native tongue is a sign of the power to come. There are a whole lot of people that claim to be anointed. They know Greek. They know Aramaic. They know Hebrew and so on. They can exegete the text but are, are, are not truly connected to God. God is looking for some saints that can interpret his voice. He's not stressing your education or your occupation. He just wants you to have the capacity to receive his revelation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what Paul is telling us is that there should be an interpreter for the heavenly tongues, not for the tongues of men. When you are speaking in the heavenly tongues, your spirit is speaking directly to God himself. The reason why Paul asked for no one to speak in spiritual tongues in, in, in church, in public, when, when there is not an interpreter, is because he wants to ensure that God gets the glory. Interpretation uh, is different than the translation. See, look at it. See, interpretation is different than translation. See, do what, do what I need you to understand. Translation is word for word. Like when I go speak in Africa, I say, hey, how you doing? They say, ooh, double boosh. I don't know what they say. I'm just don't, don't think I said it right. <laughs> I say, hello, I know this. I say, hello, they say, jumbo. I know that means hello, all right? And, and so they go word for word, right? And, and, but, but interpretation is a summary of what's being said by God. Heavenly language uh, to earthly human language. God will say a word like it is finished or the battle is over and you will know what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, y'all don't hear me. I, I know I'm confusing, folks. First time visit, y'all come back next Sunday. I'll be a little more regular. But look, what you need to ask God for is the ability to interpret what God is speaking into your life and the people around you. You need to want such an anointing that you can speak people into their destinies because you can hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. If you don't want to know your purpose, you don't want to stay here. Come on, somebody. If you don't want to be connected to your destiny, you better get away from me because right now the reason why we're in the prayer mode, the reason why we've been fasting mode, the reason why we've been teaching about worship is because I know God is about to break something in your life 
church that's been held up for so many years. I'm ready for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven because you're already blessed in heaven. You're already prosperous in heaven. You just got to call it to manifest down here. Call those things that be not as though they were. It's already done in the heavenly because he said that Jesus has already been crucified before the foundation of the world, which means your children are already saved. You're already blessed. God has already laid his mighty hand on you. You already anointed. You already liberated. You just gotta have the faith to pull it down. But the only way you can have it is to call on God and interpret what he's saying to you. Oh, ask him. <laughs> the reason why there are not as many people with the gift of interpreting tongues, interpreting tongues in the church today is because the gift of interpreting tongues is not to edify people. <laughs> it's to edify the church. And so many people don't want a gift that edifies the church. They want a gift that edifies them. That's why some preachers get up here on the mic and sing and can't sing. I remember something, one day somebody had me on the program to sing, and I sat there, and they kept saying, Pastor Max, where his sing? And I told you, I don't sing. That ain't my gift. I'm not going to get up and do something I can't do. And they said, oh, no, you gift. So I got up, and I said, hey, I will not be singing. This is not my gift. Not sure why they put me on the program. And I went and sat down because I can't sing. But they thought that it was going to honor me because they put me on the program to be seen. It doesn't matter if you're seen or not seen. You need to worry about are you doing what God has gifted you to do and are you using your gift to edify the church? Are you singing to edify God or are you singing to edify yourself? Are you playing the organ to edify God? Are you playing the organ to edify yourself? Are you preaching to save the people? Are you preaching so you can get a bigger check? What are you doing it for? Are you using your gifting for God? There are some people that know how to interpret tongues in here but they don't want to do it because they'd rather edify themselves than God. Ooh. God is looking for some people that want to see the church triumphant and not worry about themselves. He needs a church that walks in kingdom power and tells Satan that his kingdom must come down. Now, when I talk about church, I'm not talking about New Beach Grove. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We're not to be in a spirit of competition and worrying about who got the most members and, and who got the better guest preacher and who got the better sanctuary and who does the most work in the community. No, we got to get together and begin to work together to make sure that all the gifts are in operation. If you got four tires and one of them flat, you ain't going nowhere. If you got a car and you can't find the key that go to the ignition, you're not going anywhere. The reason why the church has been stagnant is because so many gifted people are worried about being seen than edifying the church and God said my glory will not be stolen and if you don't do it for me, I keep your gift dormant. Oh, hallelujah. We we, we, we don't worry about it. We got to edify the entire body of Christ. Ask God to enable you to interpret what he's saying to the church. Lord, let me not hear what man has to say. The only thing I want to hear is what God is saying. Let me hear. Don't let me hear what my haters say, God. I just want to hear what you say. Don't let me hear what the daily press says, Lord. I just want to hear 
what do you say? <laughs> Don't let me hear what Instagram says, Lord. I want to just hear what do you say. <laughs> Don't let me hear what my enemies say, Lord. I just want to hear what do you say. <laughs> Don't let me hear what the voice of my backbite is saying. Let me hear what do you say. All I want to hear, God, is your voice. I need you to bring your will into, into fruition in my life so I can walk in the obedience and do what I need to do in order to edify your church. Lord, if you don't bless me again, I don't care about it. All I want to do is do whatever you have called me to do to make sure I free some people from the clutches of the devil. Oh, I want you to be in prayer about what your gifts are. Be in prayer about that. We in prayer. Right? So I need you to pray about that. I need you to pray about what your purpose is. Because some of us are chasing money and not chasing purpose. Your gift will make room for you. Where your heart is is where your treasure is. Where your treasure is where your heart is. If you don't love what you're doing, eventually you're going to lose that job. God will, will begin to extract you from where you are and put you where you're supposed to be. If you chase the check and not your purpose, your check, oh, can I tell you something? If I would have chased the check at home, I would have never came to New Beach Grove. And Lord have mercy when he finally let me open up my real estate company because he made me hold it for nine years and not open it here. Lord, I ain't chasing money. Money chasing me. Money was chasing me at home, but I was doing what I was supposed to do. But because the money had found me there, I didn't want to come here because I knew when I came here, I wasn't going to immediately make what I was making at home. But God said, do you love me more or money more? You can't serve God and mammon. Choose you this day who you going to serve. Are you going to catch that midnight train in reverse away from Georgia and bring your little hard-headed self up here to Virginia and do exactly what I told you to do? Or are you going to stay down there with Gladys and go to her restaurant and try to floss all day long. And what I do, I chose God. And when you choose God, he'll give you a good measure of blessing. Press down, shaking together, and running over. He'll bless you in the valley and bless you in the field. He'll bless you in your coming and bless you in your going. He'll make you the lender and not the barber, the head and not the tail above and not beneath. But you have to be obedient to him. Oh, uh, I need you to pray about what ministry you need to become a part of. Yeah, because we, 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 we about to come back inside. And your gifts were given to edify the church and to ensure the church works in power. Yes, God will glorify himself through you, and God will kind of glorify you a little, but he'll never let you steal his glory. Can you get up here and sing? To sing to God and not sing to your boo? Huh? Can you go up here and preach to God and not try to preach to folk you're trying to impress? Can you get up here and do whatever God has called you to do and worry about edifying his church and his people more than you edify yourself? Can I, can I ask you a question? Would you rather... Would you rather be the greatest, somebody asked me this, would you rather be the greatest of all time or make 30 people greater than you? That's a challenge. Would you rather be the greatest of all times or make 30 folk greater than you? If you say you want to make 30 people greater than you, then you're ready for God to gift you. And God has to elevate you in order for you to elevate 30 folk anyway. 
And see, some people think that edifying themselves is the highest level. Mm -mm. In fact, the funny thing about teaching is in Bloom Taxonomy, what you learn is the highest level of learning is teaching. So when I teach you, I learn more. When I tell everyone, well, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing, this, and I'm like, okay, now I come back, man, you know what? God told me to do this because God would begin to edify me because I'm trying to help somebody. And a lot of preachers and pastors don't want to help nobody because they don't want that person to be greater than them. If his ministry isn't greater than mine, I'm a failure. But some people will say, ooh. Like, I know Michael Jordan, I know it was hard for Michael Jordan to help Kobe, but he helped Kobe anyway. He knew one day Kobe would probably be better than him. But, but the thing about it is his legacy lived on even through Kobe when he was outside staying at home. And I believe that's what made him more money with Nike because everybody knew Kobe was doing exactly what Jordan had taught him. If people in the world, not saying Jordan ain't saved, but if people in the world market, if people in the marketplace can do this, why not the church? I need some Holy Ghost, tongue-talking people to begin to help other people learn how to pray in the Spirit so that they can go to the next level as well. And see, when I'm talking about praying in the Spirit, it's not just to edify you in the church or edify the church. God wants to edify the world. He wants you to go to the marketplace because he wants his kingdom people in the marketplace taking territory from the devil. He wants you to be the lawyers. He wants you to be the doctors. He wants you to be the senators. He wants you to be the congresspeople. He wants you to be the CEOs. He wants you to be the directors. He wants you to be the chairman. He wants you to be those individuals in the high places because when you're there, his influence is there. And so what am I telling you? I'm telling you this. When you learn how to pray in the spirit, when you continue to pray, God is going to edify you because he knows that if you are, if he edifies you, then your gifts will edify the church. And when you edify the church, you edify the people around you. And when the people around you are edified, the church begins to lift up. And when the church begins to lift up, the church begins to take territory from the devil and begin to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath the lender and not the borrower. Then the church begins to move and the world begins to follow what the church is doing. The sad thing is in this day and time, a lot of times the church follows exactly what the world does. It's not politically correct to say certain things, so we don't say certain things. But let me take this as I take my seat. The Bible says, what use is salt? if it loses its saltiness. If you're not irritating some people in the world, not saying you do it on purpose, if you're not irritating, if you're not agitating certain systems in the world, then you've lost your saltiness. And I know this sermon didn't went so many different ways, but I believe what God is really trying to tell you is this. When you focus on him, and you pray to him, and you learn how to speak his language, and you learn how to interpret what he's saying to you, he'll begin to edify you and use you to edify the church and the people. And then his will begins to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are God's will. You are God's battle axe. You are God's weapon. You are God's mouthpiece. You are God's funder. You are God's philanthropist. God wants you to be blessed because he wants you to be a blessing. 
He wants to bless you because he, he knows that you're a good steward. And when God say, give $2,000 over here, you would do it. If God say, give $3,000 over here, you would do it. If God say, give $200 over here, you would do it. If he say, give $50,000 over here, you would do it. That's why he wants to continue to elevate you because he knows you will edify the church and he can trust you to take care of the world. Hallelujah. Lord, right now, to the sound of my voice, I ask for you to touch somebody to understand and interpret what it is I'm saying to them, what you've said to them. Lord, you're shifting this church into another level of teaching. You're shifting this church into another level of understanding. You're shifting us into a place where we begin to walk in the spirit and not the natural. God, you want us to ignite our spiritual weapons and not our carnal weapons. You want us to operate in the spirit and not the natural. Lord, I thank you and I claim the glory for our lives right now in the name of Jesus so that you may be glorified through these earthen vessels that you continue to glorify yourself through. Lord, you were born in a manger just to show us that anything can come out of anywhere. The greatest thing came out of a trough, came out of dirt, came out of, out of, out of a place where animals ate. And Lord, if the Christ can come out of a dirty place, you can continue to use us even though we come out of the projects, even though we come out of fornication, even though we come out of lying, even though we come out of backstabbing, even though we come out of gossip, even though we come out of alcoholism, even though we come out of prostitution, even though we come out of drug dealing, even though we come out of a life of crime, even though we come out of embezzlement, Lord, you can use us in a mighty way. Because you've shown us that you will glorify yourself in earthen vessels. And right now, Lord, I ask for you to magnify the Holy Spirit within these individuals under the sound of my voice. So that they may walk in the power and the glory and the anointing of you. So that wherever they go, they can heal the sick. Wherever they go, they can begin to cause uh, uh, people that are weeping to have joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. Use them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.